0: Welcome to the Resilient Chat with Nat. I am so grateful you are here. I'm Natasha O.M, your host for this podcast. I'm a trauma survivor and a trauma-trained somatic coach. I specialize in guiding trauma survivors to release stress and trauma from the body and expand their nervous system's capacity. You can find out more about my work at www.akkuholistichealth.com. My mission is to help others break the cycle of abuse and trauma. I understand the healing journey can be overwhelming. My intention with this podcast is to show you that you are not alone, to inspire and to create a ripple effect of love, growth and consciousness. This is a space where I will be sharing with you transformation stories as well as a combination of ancient and modern teachings to help you build resilience and move from pain to power. This month of April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month and I consider myself an activist on this topic, you know, given my own personal past trauma. And I am so thrilled because for this episode and the upcoming episodes, I have lined up a couple of sexual assault survivors to come and share their stories with you. They have been so brave to do that and so be sure to subscribe to check out the upcoming episodes as well. There is a trigger warning for this before we go any further because we will talk about sexual abuse. However, we not go so much into the details and our intention with this is to make you feel heard, seen and validated as well as to show you what is possible, that post-traumatic growth is possible. So, In this episode, I've invited my former client who enrolled in the holistic rewiring method, my signature somatic coaching program. We will talk about how trauma manifested in her body, how it impacted the way she behaved, felt, perceived the world, her relationships, and also what's on the other side of all of that, how she got through it. Additionally, we will also talk about trauma-informed yoga. Now, honestly, there is a lot of insights in this episode that I wished I had a resource like this when I started my own healing journey. So I'm super excited to share this with you as always, and I hope that you will find this to be insightful, enlightening, and just helpful. Hello, Alyssa. I'm so happy to have you here in our podcast. And so um, would you like to share a little bit about your story?
1: Yes, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Um, if anyone is listening, I'm actually a, uh, I don't know, how do you call that, a coachee, a mentoree <laughs> of you. I got to go through Nat's incredible program, and I would highly recommend. Um, a little bit about me, um, I'm 22 years old. I'm a uh, army wife and a newlywed, and uh, I'm calling home many different places these days. Um, so right now, I am in Columbus, Georgia. Um, I'm a sexual assault survivor um, and a childhood trauma survivor, so I have complex PTSD. Um, um, educationally, I have a bachelor's in psychology and um, I'm a registered yoga teacher through Yoga Alliance. Um, I specialize in trauma informed yoga, and I just, I really personally, in my own ambitions in life, um, I'm very intrigued with trauma and the way we process that, and the way it impacts us um, holistically. Um, Of course, in my educational background, we viewed it kind of black and white, especially in terms of behavioral patterns. Um, And what I was experiencing in my own personal life was that there was so much more than just bad behaviors. There was a lot of, um, for me, health issues. Um, A lot of my relationship dynamics were incredibly unhealthy. Um, And so I kind of just went Best to figuring out what that looked like and your coaching program was incredible in helping me kind of piece that together um, so now I feel like there's a little bit more holistic embodied version of myself these days yes
0: yay <laughs> yeah and so this month is sexual assault awareness month and this is the whole reason why we're having this podcast episode and why I wanted to have you as well on the podcast because I know you know that you are also a survivor of sexual assault. And um, now that you are also going to be working with sexual assault survivors uh, through trauma-informed yoga, right?
1: Yes, I'm incredibly excited. Um... Personally, I am going to be offering um, one-on-one yoga sessions, um, and that's just more for generalized trauma in general. You know, you don't have to necessarily be a sexual assault survivor. But mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: here in Columbus, uh, I am working with a yoga studio called Plug and Play Namaste, and we're launching a series just for women who are sexual assault survivors, and that's launching in May. So I'm really excited um, just to be present and safe. You know, um, yeah, specifically. Unfortunately, for sexual assault, like obviously trauma impacts all of us um, in our bodies, but there's a sense of like incredible vulnerability and um, a sacredness that's kind of taken from you. Um, and so, your body, which is supposed to be this nurturing and, and beautiful place of self um, that your soul is supposed to be able to reside in, yeah. becomes detached and scary, quite frankly. And, and for a lot of us, it's painful. Um, and so, yeah, I believe trauma informed yoga is a great way to kind of start to create that bond again.
0: Um, Yeah. And so first, before we go into explaining what is trauma-informed yoga, how was um, your journey like in terms of reconnecting with your body again, especially, you know, after the trauma that you've had?
1: I think intuitively I've known that I've needed to reconnect for a long time. Um, But for a long time, I just didn't. I wasn't there, to be honest. Um, I started uh, counseling sessions when I was 19 years old. And um, it was right when my sexual assault happened. Um, And um, I remember going in and I was explaining to my therapist, you know, I was like, I'm binge drinking and I'm not happy with that. And, you know, he was he was really a kind man, but he pretty much was like, this is normal behavior for, you know, a 19 year old in college. And mm-hmm. while of course, you know, society does deem that normal behavior, I knew that I was numbing um, yeah. and I was really happy with that. And so yeah. um, I think after years of being, I was a, I was a college athlete, you know, I was doing two, three workouts a day um, after years of kind of being trained to just basically ignore the pain that you feel as you train, um, unfortunately, as I was beginning to experience symptoms, um, especially for me, what it looked like predominantly was eczema. Um, I kind of just pushed that down. and was like, it's not, it's gotta be something else pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really just kind of treated the symptoms, um, Fortunately for me, I chose not to go the medicinal route that most doctors kind of push with, you know, steroids and things like that. Um, yeah. I did to eat really clean. I started to use really clean products. Um, and for a season, it did help. Um, but unfortunately for me, I went into I got into an abusive relationship just because I still hadn't dealt with the trauma inside of me. Um, mm-hmm.
0: and
1: Just having so much pain already within myself, I think made me okay with receiving pain from someone else um and that was a whole year again of more just incredible pain um and suppression honestly especially in terms of like the sexual relationship of that I think I was re-traumatizing myself over and over um even though I was you know saying yes and was agreeing to this you know sexual encounter um I don't think my spirit had really like Um, I don't know what's the proper term, but like rekindled, I guess, uh, from that. And so every time I'm hesitantly saying yes to sex, uh, it still does feel like fear-based. And so, yeah, it took me, I mean, fortunately, I did leave that. Um, I married my now husband, who's incredible and a very safe person. Um, But um, uh, we agreed to do a period of abstinence while we were dating and engaged. Uh, For me, that was me for my spiritual reasons but also trauma i just was not ready to open myself up to anything yet and so basically what happened was a year after we were together uh, we got married and as soon as we began to have sex again um or well sex for the first time but for me yeah
0: yeah
1: um my body started to just freak out and shut down again and so Mm. my eczema had been gone for a year or two uh, my eczema was now going all over my body. And I was just genuinely concerned because I was like, you know, Brad is safe. I'm not in an abusive situation anymore. I'm not being sexually assaulted. I, like, what's going on? I don't, I don't understand. Um, and so this is where I truly believe, unfortunately, that science has a little bit failed, I guess, in terms of what uh, modern psychiatry and counseling is, is that I believe they failed the mind-body connection. Um, and even though I had done years of counseling, even though I was in a really healthy place mentally, um, as soon as I started to have sex and there was that stored trauma inside of my body, my body felt the fear again. Um, and so that yeah. you know, came up as eczema all over my body. And that was when I reached out yeah. to you.
0: Yeah. I just wanted to touch up a little bit about what you said about, you know, how you went in into an abusive relationship um, and it was as if, like you, you mentioned it as re-traumatizing. Mm-hmm. This is like uh, what it's called compulsion to repeat, you know? And um, it's, it's a way, it's a way of ourselves, like trying to protect ourselves because like, oh, well, this is what's familiar. This is what I know, right? Even though it's not necessarily good for us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sometimes, um it may seem like it, we may even feel like why why am i doing this again right yeah. why am i going back into this this pattern again like i obviously don't want it i don't like it's not good for me mm-hmm. but it's just like yeah it's as a way of protection even if it is bad for us and yeah it's the compulsion to to repeat um yeah. i think repeating well, an event incredible yeah.
1: because it's wired to protect us right but unfortunately, exactly. the nervous system likes stability. And so if stability in your childhood has looked like abuse, it will exactly. go towards what is abusive. Um, and exactly, I mean, I've, I've studied a lot about attachment theory. Um, and I know that I have, you know, I had a nervous attachment with my own caretakers, just because there was a lot of like, push pull, sometimes they're affectionate, sometimes they're not. And mm-hmm. so that partner who was abusive was the same dynamic, you know, it was sometimes yeah. and i was coddled and being you know loved I'm receiving um, and then often I'm chasing and there's nothing there um, yeah and so yeah I mean I obviously all of this is a bigger calling to heal um, but yeah. at the time it's devastating it's just wrecking you over and over again
0: of course because then you ask yourself the question like why is this happening to me like Mm -hmm. you know maybe i'm cursed or something i mean certainly i've i've asked myself that question like i'm cursed why am i like not able to have a good relationship you know Um, but then after understanding and it's this is why it's an important part also of our healing journey the education and awareness understanding like why Could that be happening? How our nervous system is trying to protect us, right? All of the attachment uh, theories that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is what also, when we are working to break the pattern, to break the cycle, to reconnect again with our bodies, it can be so scary and uncomfortable. Like this is not safe for me to do because I'm not used to this, even Mm -hmm. if it is good for us. So was it like um did you feel that it was kind of uncomfortable for you when you you know started your healing journey
1: so like about a week or two before you and I began working uh together mm-hmm. I started going to cupping therapy um mm-hmm. and I don't know really I kind of feel like that was like a last ditch effort for something um and I kind of was drawn toward more towards the science-based of like lymphatic drainage. Um, mm. But really what happened, I think personally for me, was more of the like, for the first time, uh, there was like a deep sense of like experiencing pressure that wasn't pain. Um, and so, you know, throughout, I was going three times a week uh, in that first period. Just I mean, at, at that point, my body was in so much pain from the eczema that I literally could not, like, extend my arms all the way out. They were, like, Mm. stuck in a permanent L position. um, because I was just in so much pain. I couldn't even move my head from left to right without, like, creating rips, you know, from just the open doors. Um, And so um, Amelia actually, uh, she's become a really close friend of mine, but I remember uh, going in through our first session and kind of explaining to her, you know, I was like, I'm – I'm a PTSD survivor. You know, I've had sexual assault in my life and my body's shutting down. I'm 22. I've been healthy. You know, I was an athlete. I don't know what's going on. Um, And Amelia predominantly treats athletes, um, but she herself um, also has gone through sexual assault. And so um, she was like, I think she's just very loving and like attentive, I guess. And so, yeah, the process of cupping even though it was very different and it is definitely a pressure if you've ever done it yourself Mm -hmm. um it was nurturing and so uh I think it was subtle enough that my nervous system allowed it and it actually Mm -hmm. really did like that first month I was mobile within a month again um yeah and so I mean I think in terms of the somatic release that's what actually finally was able to clear the eczema but just even Mm -hmm. it's like health came back pretty quickly, which was pretty profound to me because I thought that I was just having a skin infection or something, you know? Um, And so, yeah, I think it can be scary for a lot of us, but I think I was at the point of like, at that point I was beginning to experience like suicidal ideation. And so even though the cups were different and unsettling to my nervous system, it was still better than the prospect of like dying, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah I, I think I'm a bit of an extreme case
0: <laughs> um, so, no. Yeah, no definitely not not an extreme case I just think like you know we're all so 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 different and experience the, the effects of the impact of trauma so differently um, for you was you know this case of um, severe eczema mm-hmm. um, for others is like completely different different things um, just suicidal like ideation, but like even attempting it, uh, yeah. which was what happened to me, um, and also eczema as well. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah, it's just so so di- different of how, um, yeah, our bodies respond respond mm-hmm. to to those events. Hmm. Okay, so um, what what do you think is um, and why do you think it is important to, to stay in the body uh, and creating a deeper understanding um, in, to our bodily sensations?
1: So I think there's a very straightforward answer. And then I think there's a straightforward <laughs> <answer>. uh, <laughs> The straightforward answer would be if you live your body or if you live your life in a body that's disconnected, Uh, you're going to be basically going through autopilot. And unfortunately for a lot of trauma survivors, um, many of us kind of live in a hypervigilant state. And for those of you who don't necessarily know that language, it basically means that you're constantly on edge and you're waiting for an attack. Um, And that was me. I I remember, I mean, even prior to knowing Brad, I lived alone. And I remember just being so terrified that someone was going to come into my house. Um, mm-hmm. I lived in an apartment with bars on my windows that's why I chose that apartment was because of that safety feature because I was so afraid of being assaulted okay. again yeah. um, and so what, what basically what happens long term if you live like this is um, your body is going to be constantly living in a state of fight or flight and that basically drains your adrenal system uh, it drains uh, but I mean, think your nervous system gets burned out. There's a couple of different body systems, basically, that just overextend themselves, and that leads to burnout. Um, That's why, in my personal opinion, I believe many trauma survivors have chronic illness because we've just lived in a state of hypervigilance. They've they've even done uh, stool samples and gut samples of um, people who struggle with IBS. And the people who struggle with IBS who have PTSD and trauma compared to those who just have an IBS diagnosis without any childhood trauma or any sort of extraneous trauma they their yeah. gut bacteria is completely different isn't that incredible that yeah. like i think that's so profound to me that you know that sickness even is is impacted differently um yeah so yeah i mean long term basically if you live in this way you're going to cause damage to your health let alone to your spirit but just to your health your physical health is going to deteriorate over time if you carry this burden you know yeah. i mean i heard this analogy once in a psychology class and it said you know if you hold a cup like this for a minute it's not very heavy right but if you were mm-hmm. to stay here for three hours your arm would feel par- like almost immobilized and i yeah. feel that's kind of how your body is when you're holding on to this trauma for so long um naturally exactly you know, animals are built, I, Peter, Dr. Peter Levine is a, you know, somatic expert pretty Mm -hmm. much. He really does like the, basically the way animals expel trauma or, you know, facing near-death experiences, they have to shake basically after, Mm -hmm. after a gazelle is almost eaten, (laughs) you know, the way they can go about doing their normal activities is that they literally have to shake this stuff out, this, this energy of of fear and and survival. Um, But unfortunately, I think, human beings are so disconnected from just our true selves and intuition exactly exactly when when fear happens to us when trauma happens to us we literally just freeze um and that again long term that's just that's really devastating
0: yeah i was um reading about uh reading a friend's post and also something that i have been thinking about a lot um this past year especially like you know everybody's talking about the pandemic right how there's this virus but then there's the biggest pandemic that's actually occurring which is how we are all disconnected Mm -hmm. from nature from like our our true nature as well which is you know doing the basic things like we are all um, making ourselves busy with our gadgets, (laughs) always looking at the screen. And this this disconnection also makes us disconnected from our body, from life itself, from the people around us. And from that, um, it creates the sickness in our bodies. So yeah, thank you so much for for sharing that. And I love, um, that cup holding analogy and and this is why like um, the symptoms the longer that you do wait to process and work through your trauma the symptoms are usually they get even um they appear like more severe you know for example like at the beginning it would just probably be um some behavioral behavior patterns like uh self-sabotage right or perfectionism um, but over time it can be physical like yeah as you mentioned eczema and fibromyalgia chronic illnesses chronic pain
1: I think your body I mean your body is meant to allow you to survive and so it will permit your behaviors for a period of time but when your body exactly you're getting to that breaking point it will say no more you're going to pay attention to me now you know <laughs> i i've reached i've reached my capacity um exactly i think a lot of us when we're in that initial breakdown stage we're like oh, my body's cursed why am i happy why is this happening to me um and i i think if we could change that language to be what can i learn from this what is my body trying to convey to me it's much more hopeful you know yeah
0: but oftentimes um what i'm seeing the problem. When um, you know we should be asking ourselves those questions, but the problem with that, so many people are afraid to even ask yes. themselves those questions because yes. they're afraid to find out what what there is, what they're holding within. I've I mean, talked to so many people who who um, you know who've said this to me, who've mentioned it. They're like. I'm too scared, you know, to find out. That's why I'm too scared to start this work, uh, for instance. And which is understandable and and makes sense. Sorry, you were going to say something?
1: Oh, yeah. No, I completely agree. I mean, I remember, I I believe it was from Trauma Aware Care. Um, I bought a little journal, basically, and it was like kind of explaining like, you know, how is trauma showing up in your life and in your body? Um, and I remember, I don't think I even really deeply embodied obviously i knew but i don't think i really like resonated with the fact that i was like a sexual assault survivor and honestly until 2020 because mm-hmm. i had been so numb because i there were so many other blaring uh pieces i guess in my face that were like so apparent that it took me a while to even like sit with that and even just yeah. sitting with it was painful um and so yeah I, I completely understand that a lot of people are not willing to even go deep into you know what is, the bigger demon behind my behavioral problems or my relationship issues you know yeah
0: yeah but just want to like close that real quick because to anyone who might be listening to this I'm too afraid you know to start the work uh coming from from us like me and you who are already who have already started the work and are in it you know for the long run just Mm -hmm. to let you all know that (laughs) it it's actually quite um for me I find it quite fun and and interesting of course like it's um there may be some tears or there may be you know some kind of release um and uncomfortable feelings might come up but I feel like I'm getting to know myself, um, deeper each time. And it's like, uh, peeling the layers of the onion, you know, you get to know yourself deeper and deeper and you heal more and more. And yeah, it's a, it's a fun and exciting journey. Um, but don't expect it to be like unicorns (laughs) and (laughs) all of that.
1: I think people always like envision, um, And I I mean, I'm a Christian and this is even in Christianity, this is kind of expressed of like, you know, there's just going to be like the breaking point and then just goodness from there on out, you know? Um, Uh And for me, I really, I don't believe healing is really like that. I think it's a lot of, you know, valleys and a lot of highs. And um, yeah, yeah, the beauty is, is that as you reach each breaking point or each painful moment or whatever, however you want to define that as um you do kind of reconnect with your true self um and and i believe so it's so freeing it's so beautiful um and as a trauma survivor you get a lot of that strength that was taken from you back once once you reclaim who you are Um, because you know so much of what happens to us in trauma is not just disconnection from the body but disconnection from self and so as we learn to reclaim that i i believe Mm -hmm. that that even itself is so healing
0: Yeah. Yeah. There will be breakthroughs and there will be breakdowns and then there will be breakthroughs again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let's talk a little bit now about trauma-informed yoga. Um, What made you uh, decide to go into studying trauma-informed yoga? First of all, So
1: my own personal work i guess began like two or three years ago when i started re- uh, reading the body keeps score by mm-hmm. i love that yeah. book so for those of you who are interested in reading it just keep in mind it is very much almost like a textbook uh you know it, it's, yeah like, a lot of statistics and and research studies and stuff which is incredible um yeah i remember towards the end of the book he was talking basically about how um you know, reconnection to the body is an integral piece of healing trauma and how in their own studies, they actually, I think this was in the 80s or the 70s, they actually created their own uh, trauma-informed yoga classes for women who were sexual assault survivors. And then they had yoga classes for uh, war veterans who had, you know, seen really experienced uh, combat. And um, they basically noticed that they checked uh, its what's called heart rate variability, which essentially mm-hmm. is, you know, how fast your heart is beating. And for many of yes. us, including myself, uh, when I was first traumatized, it was just constantly racing. And uh, they compared it to a control a control study who basically was just given, I think they were given a medication. Um, I'm not entirely sure, so forgive me if I'm wrong. But um, basically, their the results were astronomical about how well it was able to regulate the heart rate. Um, mm-hmm. But what they were finding more so was that people were becoming more comfortable with um, revisiting their stories of origin, because often what was happening was as as survivors were beginning to tell basically what happened to them, they were completely shutting down. Uh, yeah. They were not able to talk about anything, you know, trauma responses were happening, panic attacks were happening, you know, exactly. hyperventilating all these things. Um, but as people were able to actually feel their bodies, there was a sense of calm and a sense of what they call integration, which basically means that yeah. Your story becomes, yes, unfortunately, it is a part of our history, but it is no longer who we are. So yes, tra- I'm, I and even for me, yes, I, adon- I identify as a trauma survivor, but my trauma is not who I am. You know, I think it is, a, it's a testament to my resilience and my strength, 100%. Um, but it's just, it's just a part of my story. It's not the totality of it. And so exactly. they were discovering that through trauma-informed yoga. People were being able to finally come home to their bodies. They were finally being able to actually experience a sense of safety within themselves. Um, And long-term that was just really launching. It even made their like talk therapy more effective
0: because, exactly.
1: you know, they were actually able to sit with this experience. Um, And so I think it's really important to explain to people what trauma informed yoga is not. It's not a time to process cognitively your trauma. I'm not, in a trauma-informed class, I'm never going to ask you what has happened to you or how that's made you feel or anything like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to offer you a safe space to sit with your pain, to, to have the, you know, the hope to, to hope for healing, um, to just to want to reconnect. That's what trauma is or trauma-informed yoga is. Um, yeah.
0: And, so... and it's also about, um, yeah, just learning, I guess, learning how to be with those sensations. And once again, building the capacity and how to be with those sensations, because as you've mentioned, um, they're going to shut down. There's a lot of also hypervigilance, you know, so many different kinds of sensations that are happening in the body that your mind just cannot process, that it's not it becomes not safe to even talk about how you're feeling. So yeah, once we do um, realize like, okay, you know what, let's um, create more space for these sensations to be there and to flow through from there, we bypass, right, the logical reasoning of the mind and just... um, Yeah, going to the body, and from there, then we can talk, (laughs) and as you mentioned, share our stories, Um, yeah, which is wonderful. So then how, um, can you maybe paint us a picture about how a trauma-informed yoga class would look like um, in comparison to a normal yoga class, traditional yoga class, like a vinyasa yoga class?
1: Yeah, so this is definitely my, uh, I'm very excited about this, I guess, because especially, I mean, I had to just really pitch this to this to the studio in order to start, you know, collaborating. Um, obviously, I think most of us know what a yoga class is in terms of. Often, a traditional yoga class is heated. It's dimly lit. Um, it's very fast sequencing. Um, often, there's invigorating breath work to kind of, you know, pranayama is supposed to be the breath of life, so it's often very invigorating. Lots of lion's breaths. Um, um, and there's also assisting. So people, yoga teachers will often help assist you into the pose, uh, things like that. And so how trauma-informed yoga is different. Um, the first and foremost, we want to make sure that we're advocating for body autonomy. Um, your body is your own. If you're not comfortable with receiving assists, you know that's more than okay. Um, if a particular pose is triggering for you or uncomfortable, um, that's again, that's totally okay um you're constantly creating choice for people um that there's alternatives that they are basically in charge of their own experience um another big part of uh, again for me even with sexual assaults dimly lit rooms that are hot are very scary <laughs> um mm-hmm. you no know, that's that's not a great sensation yeah. So, um, when possible uh, we try to make sure that the rooms are brightly lit um, we make sure that there's no heat, uh, that there's good circulation um, in shavasana. A lot of people, unfortunately, tend to dissociate when in trauma. Basically, they have flashbacks of what happened to them if they're still for too long. And so, in order to prevent that, um, we offer instead of complete stillness. You know, feel free to to wiggle from side to side. Feel free to to twiddle your thumbs or your fingers, uh, your toes. Feel free to sit down if if laying down is too much for you. You know, mm-hmm. um, completely closing your eyes, you can just have a soft gaze or you can focus on a trishti, which is basically just a figure to kind of gaze upon. Um, I think we have to remember, I mean, so much of often like, you know, breath work meditation that's often very, um, I don't want to say just triggering, but it's it's very activating um, for mm-hmm. child survivors. Um, mm-hmm. So we just need to be mindful that not every healing modality that traditional yoga uses is safe for trauma survivors. Um, And so I think really, honestly, trauma-informed yoga is just being mindful of the capacity of each survivor Mm -hmm. and honoring where they're at and what their needs are. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just wanted to mention um, like meditation and breath work can be helpful for trauma survivors, but depending on what they are like what type what kind and because everyone's every trauma survivors nervous system is a little bit different mm-hmm. someone might need a more calming and guided way of doing breath work mm-hmm. or um meditation and another person might need in activating if they are so much like in the freeze, for instance mm-hmm. but yeah thank you so much for painting us that that picture um i i remembered um when i started doing yoga and you know I it was not a trauma-informed yoga class I wish uh, there was a trauma-informed yoga class like back then you know when I started this journey because I think it's just starting like now to get more popular I mean it was already starting maybe two three years ago but even more so now which is like I'm so thankful but I remember it was like I, I felt like I was walking into a competition or something like you know when we (laughs) I I went to a vinyasa yoga class and everybody was like it was a fast-paced class Mm -hmm. and everybody was just like so good (laughs) doing their poses and I was like I don't know how to do that you know and then the shame starts to creep in like oh my goodness I'm horrible I'm a bad student I'm not as good as everyone else I like what am I doing here Mm -hmm. and ever since then I was scared to go to a yoga class like I would just practice alone by myself because yeah I would feel um that that shame and again when you're a survivor you already have enough shame you're right enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got enough of that so, so
1: that.
0: yeah exactly
1: not, I can relate to that um but mine was even more uh, intense uh, when I began going to yoga it was it was in college and uh-huh. I, like it uh, just because, it, again, I didn't know this at the time, but it was offering me a time to sit in my body. But I do remember specifically I was in a class and uh, it was a hip opening stretch. And so, again, <laughs> that's, that's very activating. It was very cognizant of, of what was being held, the trauma, you know, was being held yeah. in my hips. Um, and I remember, first of all, the instructor was a man. And he didn't ask if I wanted to assist. And he insisted that I needed to, to stretch deeper. And he basically pushed me into the pose deeper.
0: Okay. And so there is
1: a man in a hot, dimly lit room pushing my body into a yeah. position. And I just remember being, comp- I think I was like on edge for days after that. Um, and so, you know, his intention was well-meaning. He wanted to assist me, you know, had he not known, whatever. But Ugh. it was incredibly yeah. um. You know, re-traumatizing for me, and so um, I think again, just trauma-informed yoga is is catering to the needs of of survivors, and and they are your needs are valid, your needs are honorable. Um, it's nothing to be ashamed of, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of that's my hope is that when people come to class with me, whether it be in person or whether it's online, that they feel safe. Primarily, that's that's the biggest thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's so important. I, I don't know if you have seen that documentary, I forgot what it's called now. It's about this like yoga teacher, um, yeah, that guru. And
1: yes, it's so, oh my so goodness, horrible! Yeah, I forget, so me, bad. I can't, I can't, re- I can't recollect the name, but I mean, this is me even, neither. <laughs> even in, uh, I mean, even in the gymnastics world, a lot of my friends are, are gymnastics, um, and yeah. you know, are sexual assault survivors from that. Um, I think anytime that we, I'm a very big feminist, obviously, but (laughs) same (laughs) anytime we create uh, positions of power, especially for men um, and women kind of are just known as like these humble, you know, meant, you know, getting to receive the the goodness and the glory of these teachers. I Mm. think that's always a very sketchy dynamic. I mean, I wish I had a better word for that, but it can very quickly become dangerous in my personal opinion and so um, yeah of course societally I'd love to see a change in that but that's a different conversation for a different time
0: <laughs> yeah me too but I uh, just wanted to like talk about this a little bit because it's it's very dangerous and You know, when you've had uh, a lot of adverse experiences in life, you may be, especially if you had um, childhood trauma, you may be seeking for protection or just someone else to look up to, right? Like having an authority figure. And this is what those kind of people or teachers quote unquote teachers or gurus um, provide, right? Like, oh, I'm this person, this, uh, yeah, this authoritative figure that you can look up to I can teach you I can heal you you know like kind of putting them putting themselves on the on a pedestal and so when us who have had a lot of traumas we can be more vulnerable right we're more vulnerable and so we're more susceptible to these things like oh yeah okay please just like heal me heal me
1: be my savior
0: (laughs) exactly be my savior and I mean Uh,
1: really what that's what unhealthy relationships are it it's it's yes that too it's our inner child looking for stability looking for assurance protection protection Mm -hmm. looking for love and validation and
0: exactly
1: fortunately a lot of those needs are supposed to be provided by our parents and then are not um and so i yeah i mean grooming is literally a psychology there's a science to it and i think the more you become aware of this the better you can Uh, protect yourself protect your heart um and I think I mean yeah one of the things I obviously I hated the abuse that I incurred um in my younger years but I was thankful that uh my husband I am like is the most safe man that I know and I was able to know these things because I finally learned you know I was like (laughs) you know you you gotta you gotta ask some good questions and so yes Trauma is, of course, I would not wish anyone to have trauma, but there is wisdom that can come from it. Um, And so if you are a trauma survivor and you're feeling stuck and you're feeling angry, um, I don't want to necessarily advocate this as like a superpower or anything like that, but there can be wisdom. There can be uh, what's known as post-traumatic growth. Um, It's not a death, Mm -hmm. um, you know there's there's incredible things from trauma survivors even just the empathy I mean uh, (laughs) you have two trauma survivors here who are basically you know (laughs) wanting to help heal others um I think yeah yeah when we talk about shame when we view you know we view ourselves as dirty as broken as whatever yeah I think there can be a sense of honor that you've survived and I hope that that would encourage you to get healing of some capacity
0: yeah yeah same here so beautiful I just want to also mention other things since you brought up you know your husband and now you're in a safe and loving relationship I know like at how it was also like for me that going into a safe relationship was not safe <laughs> you <Yeah>. know let <laughs> cause it was like what is this what did you say it's so
1: sad because you're like this is good for me why is this so exactly. hard <laughs>
0: exactly exactly and I was not understanding and I you know at the beginning I was like um, just brought up a lot of things because it was safe and I was like but I don't want to ruin this you know (laughs) Um, so just want to let everyone else know that yes safe relationship can happen but it may not feel safe especially at the beginning of course like learning the the red flags and all of that but like um, if the person does not show any red flag and you understand okay he's a safe person and then maybe some like patterns like the compulsion to, to repeat to like sabotage the relationship may like come up you know just noticing that and realize like okay you know what um let me work
1: through this you had emmy marie on your podcast before i've listened to that yes episode relationships she talks a lot about that Um, she's very much like into and so yeah i can deeply relate um it's kind of scary because you want to trust your body you know and Uh i think as you heal trauma you can begin to trust your body more but Mm -hmm. understand that if you're traumatized and you haven't done any sort of healing work yet it's normal Mm -hmm. to be nervous even around a safe person Um,
0: exactly exactly yeah all right, so we're coming to a close. If you would love to share, like one last phrase or or any like um, words to share to our beautiful, resilient listeners. <laughs>
1: yes. Um. One, I want to honor the fact that you're listening to this. Um, yeah. A lot of what we spoke about is heavy, um, and I, I'm not deaf to the pain that you may be feeling. Um, as as Nana I both mentioned, we've just. We each have had um, a lot of fear, and even to the point where it, it brought even suicidal ideations. And unfortunately for you, you've had you know suicidal mm-hmm. actual you know attempts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so, uh, I want to honor first the fact that, that that that's a very real pain that we're not we're not minimizing that. We're trying we're not trying to make light of. Um, but at the same capacity, I want to honor mm-hmm. that there is a potential. To heal, Um, and that may seem impossible. And I understand because I was at that point. Um, But with the right tools, with the right teachers, with the right coaches, um, and again, I cannot, (laughs) I cannot recommend you enough. Uh, I I tell everyone, I'm like, completely changed my life. Um, But I think you are worth investing in, and uh, you are worthy of healing. And um, it is a work, so be prepared to work. Um, but but hope is, is possible and, and healing is possible.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. And do it do it for you. Yeah, not for anyone else, just for you. Yep. Just take a deep inhale and exhale right now. I'm <laughs> feeling like, oh, that was like, <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Alyssa. Thank you i hope you have had some amazing takeaway from this episode and thank you so much for listening to the resilient chat with nat Be sure to subscribe to listen to more uplifting conversations and teachings and take a screenshot of this podcast and tag me on Instagram at N-A-T-H-A-S-Y-A-O-M so I know that you're listening, learning, and growing. If you love this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes. It really helps the podcast to be found by people who are like you, who are on their healing journey or personal growth journey. Other than that, please be sure to tune in for the next episode and I'll talk to you next time. I can't wait to share more with you. I am sending you love.